A stu stu Studio D production. Do you know that when I was in high school, I knew a guy that could swallow air, but instead of just fart or burping on command, he could like work it all the way down his body and fart in like a minute. Weirdo. What? <laughs> yeah. Did you... Maybe he just always farted because he ate like, weird things that... and he thought that there was a connection and there was or a sexual maybe connection. Maybe he's a con man because that's something I would do. Like, oh, I'm already gassy. I'm going to pretend to inhale be... air yeah. and work it down. But and it, was, fart. it was great. You oh, did it every hilarious. time on that command. Really I've never great. heard any. Anybody say it was great after <laughs> mentioning a fart. He also walked around on his hands a lot. It was kind of interesting. It was great, enough. too. <laughs> great guy. It was great. Did he fart while he walked around on his hands? That would be the dream. He had a mullet and a mustache. <laughs> Hell yeah. What the fuck is this guy? <laughs> fucking, it's dad. Guy, it's fucking dad. This guy went to high I've school. I've never with. seen dad walk on his hands, but aside from that, but it's he farts dad. a lot. And he, he did have a mullet and, and he did have a mustache. <laughs> it's fucking dad. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murder and ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's effed up family story time. It doesn't count as the 80s still. Well, okay, so... Hello, everyone. Welcome to F'd Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem, and here today we have Jess. Hello. Kelly. Hey. And Belle. Hey. How's everyone doing? Uh, Pretty good. Yeah. Belle's not good. doing so great over here, but Belle parties hard. Sometimes. <laughs> Make better choices. And I recovers try. hard. <laughs> Recover poorly. I guess we can comment on the fact that Hannah's been gone for a lot of episodes lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't really mentioned why. And I, I don't know if anybody really cares, but Hannah is finishing up her degree and she has been very busy. She has a recital and she's got lots of homework and she's teaching and lots so. of stuff with their acapella group. Yeah, lots she's of in performances a and stuff. Awesome group. Do you think I could mention it? It's probably okay to when mention it. When are the it. performances? Lark. Let's plug it. I um, don't know. She hasn't told her dear aunt when the performances are. So April seventh, I think, you, is what she said. I is can't go. she just told me yesterday? <laughs> well, and why do you act surprised? I can't remember the last yeah, no time shit. Hannah or Belle told me. Grandma about Grandma and events. I both can't when go was on the April seventh. I did anything. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing and to tell. Um. Well, we <laughs> miss Gross. Hannah. We do miss. We Hannah. do miss Banan. But I am very excited for her. She's accomplishing yeah. good things. Yeah, so. for sure. This is really. Really a good time. The only one of the kids that will have graduated, be educated. Yeah, that. <laughs> and it's kind of stupid. I think school is stupid. <laughs> I think the that learning is not stupid. No, but the way I don't think that is, learning think, is stupid. I but think I think learning the, is stupid. The institution. I, I like being. Ignorance is bliss. But I think that the way we value learning should change because there are a lot I of things. I think values are stupid. <laughs> the way that our institution of school is set up in our current society is not working for our society. And society it's just another, and our society is stupid. And You're it's ready. just another thing that's been monetized and corrupted. And, you know, I don't know. And, like, I definitely don't think that learning is stupid, but I definitely think that school is stupid. No, I don't, I don't think learning's stupid either. 
I'm, I'm sorry, Jesse. Are you irritated? <laughs> she looks very okay. I just keep talking. Okay. So well, cool. we are on and a journey. I've been and to sometimes the Sierra Nevada. When we're on a road trip together, we can get a little cranky, all crammed together in the car. And sometimes we're in a recording studio, it's hot, stupid sun. Let's shoot it out of the sky. I don't feel good. Bell doesn't feel good. <laughs> all right. But we're on a road trip and we're hunting Bigfoot. So where we left off, we traveled through the North Pacific Redwood Forest in the Emerald Triangle up Spyrock Road looking to find the answer to some murders. Was it Bigfoot? Turns out probably not. And that's okay because we've all collectively agreed, I think, that we don't really believe Bigfoot is a murderer, right? That's right. Right. So now we're going to take our trip. We're going to turn south. We're going to head down into the Sierra Nevadas. And while we're at it, we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to the 70s. We have a fancy time traveling car. We have, we have a mystery machine Ooh, that's like better than do. the mystery machine. Ooh. You want to call a it? A mystery time machine. We have a mystery. Ooh. The mystery time machine. <laughs> Jesse's well so done. good. All right, so in the 70s, there was a group of men that lived <clears throat> near the Sierra Nevadas, and they would go camping. There was this camping spot that they would frequent, actually, um, back going back to, like, 1958. This group of guys and people in the area would go to this camping spot. It was very secluded. It was like an eight-mile hike up into the mountains, right? And they had this shelter, and from what I could gather, because I didn't find any pictures of it but it sounds like it was like a bunch of trees basically that had kind of grown and there was like a sheltered area inside and they kind of built that up to create a shelter it was very makeshift and it was just for hunting when they would go up hunting and camping and stuff and around 1970 they started I'm not sure when it really began but they would hear noises they would hear um, like rocks banging and sometimes like calls and cries out in the forest. And they would often find footprints, very big footprints, all in and around the shelter and where they would camp. Very big foot prints? Yes, very big <laughs> foot prints. Um, but I don't know how long this was going on, but it got to a point where it kind of progressed and they decided they wanted to go up there with recorders and they were going to record some of the noises. So it was in August of 1971. So there were two brothers up there, the Johnson brothers. And the night that they went up there during this one incident, the first night, the noises were really loud and they were really close. And they were at this point convinced that like there's like something out there, some sort of animal out there and they could hear him. And it really freaked out Donald Johnson. So he, the next morning he left and he went back home and it wasn't like, ah, uh, I don't want to go home. It's a 20 minute drive. No, it was an eight mile hike just to get to the car. So he was pretty adamant. He wanted to go home. And after the rest of the guys didn't return when they were scheduled to come back. He started to get concerned, so he got his friend, Ron Moorhead. I don't know if you've heard the name. No, I have not. Have you guys? He got his friend, 
Ron Moorhead, and they went back up to the camp. He convinced them to take this eight-mile hike back up into the camp. And the guys were all okay, but they had a lot of experiences. And at this point, they were starting, this is when they started saying Bigfoot. And so they stayed up there and then they that and got recordings and then continued to go back and get recordings over a period of time in 1971 and they captured some very interesting recordings ooh of what well do you want to hear some yeah i do bigfoot <laughs> oh, oh okay i forgot sorry i forgot <laughs> so this is some of their Earlier recordings, I believe, and it's not as good a quality. Um, well, it was 1971. Let's see here, though. But So you can hear them oh, kind of... Yeah, let's you can see. definitely hear that banging. Yeah, there's knocking. I don't know what the humming is, more. You hear the whooping. Yeah. All right. So that's some of what they heard. So the quality isn't great. So there's like a hum there. And I think the different levels of hum probably mean nothing, right? It's just different. Yeah. I think it's, like, it, yeah, it's probably just portable recording device in 1971. And like volume <laughs> changing and stuff. But the things that we heard were the banging. And then I think I heard them talking a yeah. little bit. You can hear people talking in the background. Yeah. So the banging and then that whoop. And then that the whoop whooping. was real. And it sounds kind of like an it. ape. Do you guys remember when that was like Dad and Evie sing and they would just randomly? <laughs> oh yes, I do. They would just randomly whoop at each other like from across the room. That's funny. I don't really remember that. All right, so that's the kind of stuff that they were hearing back in like 1971 when they were recording this group of men, and they would con- they would go up periodically. They never initially went up looking for big hub for, uh, for big for foot. big hub for big, big hub. Head. they're looking for hannah <laughs> big head i know that's what i was saying big head big head todd they never were they initially were never searching for bigfoot they just went there and camped and they hunted um but now they were going up specifically to try to record and ron moorhead he was very interested in trying to interact with them so that is kind of key in his like like journey with all of this, right? So I can't, it was like late 71, early 72. One of the guys named Warren, he wrote this big, long letter, like it, describing what was going on. And he sent it to Ivan Sanderson, who I guess became a leading cryptozoologist or crypto investigator crypto researcher, whatever, but he read the letter and was kind of like, oh, this is weird and sent it to a colleague that he knew, Peter Byrne, who's also, I guess, somebody involved in that community. And he also looked at the letter and was like, this is weird and sent it to Al Barry. Well, Al Barry is like an investigative reporter. And I don't know if he really focused on cryptozoology, but he was intrigued by the story. So he contacted Ron Moorhead and and, and ended up going up there and recording. And he had a little bit better technology. So it was like in 72 when Al, the first time he went up there, took the hike. And that's one of the things he says in an interview. He does comment on how remote it is. It's like an eight-mile hike. 
into this area. Not easy to get to carrying equipment and stuff. And so they would go up there periodically. There was multiple times I think they went up there. But he also recorded some interesting, and I'm going to play some of what he recorded. That's like the world's weirdest chain letter. Oops. Yeah, I know. This Bigfoot letter who sends it to this guy, who sends it to this guy. Or you'll have bad books. Yeah, if you don't forward, Bigfoot will eat you. Eat your mom. That was one. It was like, if you don't forward this text chain, your mom will die. die. I'm like, yeah, eat shit. There's a few I'm going to have you listen to just to hear some of the different... Did they do any drugs up there? It this almost is, sounds is that the Tasmanian like devil? I don't almost, know how. Oh, oh, go ahead. It just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't sound like, it sounds like a person making it those does. noises. It is does. It sounds like, is it sounds like well, some, like it sounds like a villain in One Piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, can, yeah. I can almost buy it, but then there's the weird, oh, uh, 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 <laughs> and that's the one that took me out of it, I think, with those noises, because it does kind of sound like a weird monkey, Yeah. but then there were those little things that I was just like, oh, we'll but we don't know to... what Bigfoot sounds like. No, and he could sound like a One Piece villain. Anyway, that sounded like me at a shift at the asylum. <laughs> so. It does. It's interesting to me because you hear a lot about the whoops. I feel like that is a common, like a yeah. thing in Bigfoot sightings where you hear the whooping. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, even though the, the quality is better on those, I was I probably would say I'm more intrigued by their first ones that were whooping. This is like how did they get the the recorder so close to have it come in so loudly? Like it does. I think they're just that loud. So they put the recorders out around the shelter and then they would go into the shelter and then capture they would come closer to the shelter when they were in the shelter and in the beginning like they would only interact when they were in the shelter and but but i think they're also that loud i think Mm -hmm. that tells you how loud that sound is that's really interesting it doesn't sound organized like a language no or does it? There all were right. parts in that first one that almost it, did. Okay. Do you guys, all right. You guys I don't remember know, those toys that you would tilt and they'd make like a whoop, fart noise kind of thing? That's a little... No. You don't remember those tubes and it would have the little thing that floats down in the water and it would go... Boop. No. Okay, well, then never mind. I do know what you're talking about. But that's kind of like, it sounded like you're flipping one of those over really fast. Because it was like a combination of of noises. It's like the the noise that sounds more like talking and then the noises that are more like growling. Yeah. It has that. But there's also like a resonant rumbling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so with all of your ideas and theories, the tapes (laughs) were sent... They were sent out to people to be analyzed. And there was one professor who was actually a professor in like technology and in sound, but he took the tapes for a year and investigated them. And they have all together like 90 minutes of tapes that span from like 71 to 74. 
And they become more detailed, more interactive as time goes on. But this doctor, uh, Dr. Lynn Curlin, said that in his examination, there was no manipulation of the tapes. They didn't speed up the tapes. They didn't slow down the tapes. They couldn't find any place where they were spliced, anything like that, that it was the original product. And in his belief, a human could not make those sounds. And if it was a human, it would be like a seven foot plus tall man Mm -hmm. because of the power and the sound and the resonance and and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the tapes were sent to Nancy Logan, who was a human speech expert. And when she listened to the tapes, she believed she could hear language. And the first time she says the first time she listened to the tape, she was more convinced that there was human language in there or that it was more sophisticated. But the second time she listened to it, she thought it probably wasn't as sophisticated as her normal or as her initial opinion had been, but that there was still some language, some sort of in pattern. There. I mean, I mean, yeah, because mm. even monkeys have a way to communicate, you know, and, they, yeah. you know, or even other animals through mm. nonverbal cues and stuff. So who knows? They could be communicating. He could be making gestures, too, at the same time. We don't know what else is going on with that noise. Yeah, exactly. Was there and did they ever see them or do they just get okay. recordings? Okay, so you can save this. No, this that's coming. fine. It's we can go into it now. It's a good question. So it was around 74 that Ron said that was the first time he saw one. And he said for him, that was a key point because in all of this time, they had these recordings, but they'd never actually been able to visually see what was making those recordings. And so, or making those sounds. And so um, when he saw it, he said that that was, but he just saw like kind of a glimpse of it. But he also said that they started to interact almost like they were talking to him, like they were trying to say something to him, but he just wasn't like able to understand. But he said the longer that they were up there doing this, the more it seemed like they would interact. And one of the things that they would do is the whistling. I'm going to see if I can find that. Or no, this is the male and the female interacting. weird i don't know that one sounded more and i think that's the female but that one sounded more like language here's a whistling it sounded like upset like frantic almost so you hear people whistling Could you imagine if you were in the woods just like hunting, you're like Sorry. whistling at your dog or something, you know? Yeah. And then and you something hear something whistle. fucking whistles back <laughs> and growls and grunts yeah, like that. No, I would be getting out of that fucking part of the woods as fast as I could. Um, I yeah. would probably shit my pants. 
That would be pretty scary. <laughs> well, and that's one thing that he made him think that they were trying to interact was that they were like mimicking the whistle. That's one thing they did that they it's like they mimicked the whistle, like almost like a call and response. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. They're getting a response. I'm not sure why they stopped going out there. I know that Al Barry had told after they sent this stuff out and they kind of got responses back like you're a little crazy. You know what I mean? Like this is a little weird. Al asked Ron not to really talk about it anymore because he was worried about his career and his reputation. He didn't want to get coined as like a crazy guy who believed in Bigfoot. And so Ron didn't talk about it for a long time, but I'm not sure. I know Al Barry is dead now. I don't know if that's what sparked him kind of bringing some light to it well there's other things too so they didn't really do a whole lot with it after that they kind of kept it quiet i'm not sure if ron continued to go up there or not but then in 2008 a man named scott nelson heard the tapes and it brought a whole new light to to bigfoot and the tapes and everything so we'll talk about that when we come back from our break does that sound good interesting anybody have any questions so i feel like dad has made those whooping noises specifically in talking about bigfoot before i feel like that's why i know so much about those specific oh, yeah. Yeah, noises. Yeah. no it you yeah, absolutely i heard it on the he, recording and it's just like been ingrained grandpa? deep within me i like I feel like he's practiced when he's home alone. Probably. He's probably just listened to so many different tapes of Bigfoot. Well, yeah, he does, you know, have the whole musical ear thing. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> I think that you've done a really good job of having um, cliffhangers So oh. in this story. So I think we should take a very quick break and come Yay, back. Yay, for the break. Hey, little Shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories. I'm still waiting for you to tell me those so I could tell them to you. Our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites. We're ffsthepodcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at E-F-F-E-D up storytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shemmies. And uh, back to the show. The important factor is the conversations that you have with your children. Because it's, yeah, it's about saying no. And I think also a big conversation about drug, like reduction harm, even at a young age, we need to talk about addiction and the realities Mm -hmm. of addiction. If only just to paint people with addiction as actual people who should be empathized who, with. Who have yeah. a to disease. To show not... that this could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, there was a very important conversation that happened back in 2008 between Scott Bigfoot. Nelson and his son. <laughs> Are you making this up? No. Okay. So, <laughs> Scott Nelson. We're going to get back into our story, guys, if you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Scott Nelson. Whoop. <laughs> Whoop. 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 
was um, with the U.S. Navy for 20 years. And he was a crypto-linguist and an interpreter. That's fancy. And he spoke Russian and Persian and a crypto, Spanish. Crypto-linguist. And a crypto-linguist. So it sounds like something that like solving Chad problems. from Silicon Valley would say. He's like, yeah, I'm a crypto-linguist. <laughs> this was before that kind of crypto. So he spoke Persian and Spanish and something else. Russian, and also spoke Russian. Bigfoot and also spoke no, Loch Ness only just, Monster. <laughs> I mean, well, crypto linguist. So Jersey Devil. Yeah, he spoke Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Jesus. Um, he spoke Jesus. He's an anarchist. Um, <laughs> talking cryptos here. Um, <laughs> Jesus is a crypto. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. Let's read. We, we cannot let that go by. There. Name of the name of the episode, and we'll just let it go by. It's I good. love it. Jesus is a crypt. He is. I've seen him. I speak his language. <laughs> He's real. He's real. Hallelujah. So Jesus Scott, is risen. <laughs> Jesus is a zombie. <laughs> so Scott Nelson worked for the U.S. Navy for twenty years as a crypto linguist and an interpreter, and from what I gather, his job was to listen to audio of human speech and um and like pick out whether there's language in it or not listen to transmissions and i think they were looking for coded messages and looking for hidden messages or interpreting other languages if needed to be so, so like listening to not necessarily like obvious language but kind of listening to the static and the noise to see if there's language underneath is that like what I'm it not is? sure because okay. I've listened to a few interviews there's um I didn't read any books and there's not a whole lot of written stuff but I listened to a few interviews with Scott Nelson and he said he listened to the human language I think that I is he just trying because there are certain things that we have as pat like language is a set of patterns mm-hmm. and Every single language follows the same big structures of like the components that it has within it. And so every human language, therefore, has patterns that align. So is he saying he just would listen to human language in order to be able to see those patterns across languages to be able to understand like what makes a language a language or... From what I gather, he was listening to language, trying to find patterns, but I think there was also like trying to find coded messages and things like that, yeah, that yeah, because it's I for the it. military. So basically what that means, his 20 years with the Navy, what that means is that he has probably listened. He says his own words. He can think of two guys that have listened to more like audio of the human voice than him. And so he has experience recognizing language. And so, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. This was back in 2008. Like two guys and Bell. <laughs> 
So basically the way he described it was four hour shifts sitting with your headphones on looking at like your little screen listening and transcribing and with a break and then doing like two to three, four hour shifts a day. So that's a lot of listening to um, I hear your point. <laughs> well, now I sit at a desk all day and listen to podcasts so, for straight eight hours. <laughs> so flash forward. Scott Nelson retires from the Navy and he becomes a teacher and then he teaches the languages that he knows. He's a professor, right? He has a son. He's 12 years old. His son has the day off of school, but Scott does not. So Scott takes his son with him to work and his son is working on a paper and he has to write an like an essay on something that interests him. So his choices he was thinking about was Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, or aliens. He's and, our kind of kid. And I Scott know, said, right? well, what interests you the most? Pick whatever you want. And he picks Bigfoot. So they start Googling, looking up Bigfoot. And then um, they were watching some videos or something and they had... Or like a movie, and they had like the noises that they would assume that Bigfoot would make, and and the, his son was like, I I just don't think Bigfoot sounds like that. What do you think Bigfoot really sounds like? And so his dad googles Bigfoot sounds, and he finds the Sierra sounds, which is what I played for you earlier, the ones that Al and Ron had recorded, and uh, he immediately was just he knew he said the he knew three things immediately. That he was hearing a language, that it was not human, that it was not possible for a human to make that, those sounds, and that it was not fake. And he believed it, and so he continued to listen to them and study them, and he reached out to Ron and Al, and they actually took him up to the spot, and he doesn't really talk a lot. I mean, he talks about his experiences. They all have experiences of, like, hearing stuff. But what Scott goes on to do is he actually begins to transcribe the languages and he defines certain things like you hear the chattering, you hear the whooping, there's the whistling, there's the knocking, there's all of these things that they have on tape. And he studied all of them and he says it's impossible without more data to be able to like start to decipher the language, but he believes 100% that it's a language and he's been transcribing it. And if you get online, I was going to pull it up, but I don't think I'm going to. Um, but if you get online, you can find his transcriptions of it. He calls it the Sasquatch what something is, phonetics, alphabetic, Sa Sasquatch alphabet phonetics, I think is what it is. <coughs> and then there's also like a hominid something at, alphabet phonetics and he goes on to like give you all of the sounds and and then he has transcriptions of the tape in their language and if you listen to interviews with him he'll actually speak it and he said that he's practiced really hard to try to imitate their speech that's really good but that he thinks it's impossible I for a human to make so all of those respect for that what is this guy's name i imagine scott nelson i'm gonna look him up i imagine that they're 
vocal cord structure is slightly different just like we could never roar like a cat because we don't have the right things in our throat well and there is the belief that like he believes that the whistling that they imitate isn't actually whistling but it's from the larynx well it didn't that, sound it sounded quite like that. Like yeah, yeah i was gonna yeah. say i had the same thought but i was like oh, it's called whistling maybe i'm crazy so because i thought they were going yeah, that they're trying to imitate Only the whistling way better than I just did. They have different vocal cords than we do, so they can whistle through, produce that whistling yeah. sound through their vocal cords. That's that's a belief. Bird-like. That's yes, what it exactly. was like. Bird-like. sounded like bird-like, the way they can chirp and whistle. Yeah. It sounded at one point, one of them, I just thought of those little ceramic birds you fill with water, and uh, they have that like water whistle, and a cu- like it kind of reminded me of that same sound. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I have. There's really no other evidence, but I think that that's pretty compelling, it's considering definitely interesting. And it and so the the Sierra sounds is what they're called, and they say they have over 90 minutes of audio, but I don't think all 90 minutes is available. But you can find like I just played you snippets of three different videos that you can find on YouTube where you can listen to them. All rights are to them. I hope nobody gets mad that we played as much as we did, but they're just so freaking interesting. Well, and some (laughs) of the some of the things that uh, Scott said about the language that I didn't mention before is that you can hear the language better when you slow it down. They're speaking at a very fast rate. So if you're listening, that will help you maybe comprehend it a little better. Speed it it's up in like your head. Any- I'm going to recommend that for our podcast. I bet <laughs> if you listen to it on half Same. speed, you'd retain a lot more. But it's like any foreign language. You have, that you have to hear it slowly before you can understand yeah. it at normal speech. Are you yeah. sure you don't want to pull the alphabet up, Salem? You know, visual aids are key uh, yeah, to I a know. successful it's, podcast. I thought I would pull it up and try to read some of the transcription, but I don't think I can. And that's another thing he said is that he believes that when they speak, that they speak on the inhale and the exhale. Oh. Exhale and the inhale. Well, it's kind of mm. like... Like apes go... Ooh, 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 right. Ooh. I was going to say this. Like, it's kind of like uh, trying to sound like a monkey. You have to go in, out, in, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to go on an adventure to the Sierra Nevada. do. I think that would be fun. What do you well, think? and this area where they're at in the Sierra Nevadas is somewhere. They don't give you a specific location, but somewhere between... Lake Tahoe and Yosemite National Park. So, which is a big area. It's a big area, <laughs> but and then I've heard that there are lots of accounts of other people hearing sounds in that area that that's a pretty kind of like the Emerald Triangle. That's a Sierra Nevada is also area. known to be a pretty hot area. Yeah. Do you think that when I buy a cabin in the mountains, I can add close to Bigfoot to my shortlist for my realtor to be able to make sure. I was joking with Kyle about that. I was like, we should really put on our list of requirements for our first home uh, haunted. (laughs) Must have multiple reports of Bigfoot sightings in In the the area. area. See, I'm going my next house for one that had at least a triple homicide in it. There you go. That's increasing my chances. I'm just going for Cheaper. I don't ever want to move again, so I'm dying in this house, right? And in then the house yep. your house will become the place where someone died that someone else puts on their show. Yeah. Oh, I'll be, I'll haunt it, but I'm going to try to be one of those ghosts where I can choose where I haunt and I'm going to haunt you assholes. Some realtors sure. do I'm be mention, a roaming ghost. Some realtors do mention haunted on their um, 
listing. It's like a big selling point in New Orleans. They charge extra. But I don't think that the Colorado Rockies are as much of a hotbed for Bigfoot activity. But I don't try. know. I don't Every know. time we go up there, I say my dad would disown me if I didn't at least try I'm, to look for I a Bigfoot. I have found, I just was curious because I was in the Emerald Triangle and the Sierra Nevadas this last week. And um, I did just do a quick Google on Bigfoot in the Rocky Mountains, and there are a lot of sightings. Okay, well, let me know where. I'll do my own research. Okay, well, I I can't afford Estes Park, but (laughs) other places that there are. There's a lot of them. They were all over, really. One of my favorite conspiracy theories is that, like, nationally protected parks and stuff Mm -hmm. aren't protected to keep people out of the land for the land's sake, but it's to keep people out of the land for the people's sake because a lot of really like shit that they don't want us to know about don't. lives out there. Maybe. <laughs> that's where the vampires are. There's a whole podcast that's called, what is it, like After Dark in in National Parks or something like that. Park mm-hmm. at, Park in the Dark, Park After Dark that has like like creepy stories like that. Um, in national parks. So I'm going to look for Bigfoot ones yeah. and I'm going to make sure to find a realtor that specializes in <laughs> cryptid locales. This one? This national Park After yeah, Dark. Yeah, that's the one. A friend I used to work with recommended it to okay, me. Okay, I'm going to like it right now. It's pretty good. I've only listened to like one or two episodes, but it's good. Okay. Well, I think that was a really that was interesting really story. Cool. It makes me want, it really does make me want to go like camping in the woods and start just going out in the middle of nowhere going, ooh, yeah. Ooh, well, and then I was watching. Let's learn the language. That's the and only one I can, can go out. I wish I knew how to whistle. Bigfoot, come well, here. I was, eat, we're we got to bring Matt because he's the best whistler that totally. I know. He I is. was watching. He can whistle, and I'll just stand there and make <laughs> big noises. We'll go. What? I was Ooh, watching I Destin. What is it? Expedition Unknown or something? <clears throat> where they're hunting Bigfoot, and one of their tactics is to take a speaker that's like huge decibels and actually play what they believe to be recorded Sasquatch sounds into the woods to see if they can get a response. And they actually, I watched a couple of those and they actually got maybe, I mean, it's all TV, who knows how much of it's real, but they got some interesting hoops and hollers and rocks thrown and branches breaking and stuff like that. All right. Well, I guess that is the end of our road trip for now. Are we we'll there stop. Yet? Yeah, we're there now. <laughs> Rest stop that's coming up. I don't want to say that's the end of our road trip forever because maybe this road trip will continue on Ooh. some future podcasts in our search for uh, Bigfoot. Maybe we'll take a physical road trip <gasps> to continue our metaphorical road trip. Yeah. And we'll actually go search for Bigfoot someday. I don't know. Let us know if that's something you want to see or I mean hear on our podcast. I think that would be Thanks. awesome. No, but I don't know what everybody else thinks, but I think in my hunt and my road trip and our journey here to find Bigfoot, that we might have found it. What do you think? Do you think we found it? I really do think that that's like the most compelling piece of evidence. Like, I would say like up until this point, I've always kind of been on the fence about Bigfoot, you know, and then like hearing that and then hearing all of like the the professional opinions from all of these different people essentially saying the same thing that there is a language in there and like it really kind of yeah it really kind of like 
pushed me further over to the believer side on that specific cryptid. I think the same too. I think that they, like if, if you don't believe it, then I think people are trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Like people are trying to trick you and they're trying to say, Oh, we're going to make these noises. But if other people are saying that those aren't human noises, then I don't know how they would be able to do that. So clearly at the very least we have noises that are unidentifiable by an animal. The only thing I'd like to see more of is like if a zoologist or someone who knows a lot of animal sounds could hear those and see if it could be explained that way. But I don't think it would be. I think I agree with Belle that this has kind of pushed me over as the most compelling evidence for the existence of Bigfoot that I've yet heard. I think I I would love to have a zoologist come in though because just to kind of solidify it if they can say this is not a sound of any known animal in the Sierra Nevada in the Sierra or even ne- anywhere or, right like if like rule out all the others I think is also compelling evidence I if agree. they can come in and say I can't identify this and they're a leading expert on animal sounds do we have those probably because we have an expert on everything including yeah. poop sure yeah but um <laughs> but yeah so like I think that would be like those are the kind of things that I'm looking for who's saying who's ruling out like possibilities yeah. of known creatures yeah yeah So I think consensus is that it is some pretty compelling evidence leads me to think that we partially reached our goal in finding Bigfoot, but we still have some searching to do. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. The journey continues. Scott Nelson did say that he has received uh, quite a few more recordings since he's come out and talked about Mm. his research and transcription of the Sierra sounds. And I think I want to say he's received around a hundred or over a hundred, he said, but at least half of them are fake. So he is like picking out the ones he wants to get to the truth. And I Mm -hmm. think that that, He's really not cool. a blind believer. No. Right. No, well, and it's, he's not even, it's not like he created anything. He found old stuff that he's just corroborating too. So to me, it's a little more credible than somebody who's like, look what I recorded. Yeah. And, yeah. Totally. Well, and it's also like you'd said, like he's not a blind believer, but he's also like by doing that, it shows that he's not just trying to make money off of it either, yeah. which is something right. that a lot of people in the paranormal and cryptozoology world. Yeah, for you know, sure. really yeah. do take advantage of a lot of people who are blind believers yeah, to make sure. money. I yeah. mean, how many people do you actually think on all those ghost Bigfoot, whatever, crypt, you know, toy shows are doing it because they actually believe versus, hey, I got a TV show. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they're I'm sure I would be willing to even bet they all started out believing and they maybe don't. They think more about the money now. Right. Yeah. So maybe they believe, but they don't really even think about that anymore. Yeah. Well, really compelling evidence. Where'd you hear it? Where'd you get the idea for your story? Oh, that's right. I was going to um, mention my pop. My pop's the one who, who talked my ear off about it and gave me the idea. And maybe <laughs> if we continue this journey, maybe we'll have to invite maybe. dad on hey. it. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. He'd have lots to say about it. That I'm would sure. be fun. We've been trying to get him on forever. I know. He wants to be on, but he's too busy. Yeah, he's too busy sure. making music. Go listen to him. He's my pop. He's out there in Denver. <laughs> you have to find him doing yourself. stuff. He's out there doing stuff in multiple bands, multiple places. <laughs> and he's on Spotify. 
He is. Just look up my pop. And while we were here, <laughs> I, oh, oh, okay, look up my pop, and I can't wait for you guys to email in what you is discovered. This your pop? Is this one so, your pop? So email it in. We'll let you know if you found the right one. So that was a pretty messed up story. And after that, now it's time for One Thing Doesn't Suck. One Thing Doesn't Suck. Our new. <laughs> Our new thing that does ruined suck. it. <laughs> there was enough of a pause that Salem can just delete it. Maybe. So. I think she will. Well, I don't know. This is kind of silly. What I have is kind of silly, but I wanted to stay in the theme of Bigfoot. So I was searching on the internet. What I was actually Googling was Bigfoot saved my life. I thought that would be really awesome. If, like, ah, but, yeah. Nah, nobody says mm. Bigfoot saved their life, unfortunately. But I did find something cute. I found how to care for your Bigfoot, a guide. And I was just going to read a couple of things on oh, here. All right. So it was. It, this is from the New Yorker. Do make it clear that Bigfoot is your child's responsibility. Oh, that's your job, Belle. You will not be walking Bigfoot or cleaning his grotto or feeding him vast quantities of ground venison and acorns this will not be the hamster all over again uh, bigfoot as a pet don't get a bigfoot for the wrong reasons remember a bigfoot is a commitment anyone tempted to adopt a bigfoot for likes on social media should also know that they are uncomfortable with attention and photograph poorly that is very true do consult a reputable breeder. Craigslist may offer cheaper options, but that's how you end up with a cut-rate Yeti, a shaved grizzly bear, or a grown man in an ape suit. If you would prefer to adopt, <laughs> consult the parent in your child's grade with the Bigfoot Foot Rescued Me bumper sticker. So it's kind of cute. I don't know how much I should read of this. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is cute. Don't, under any circumstances, let Bigfoot dictate your sleep schedule after you've put him in his grotto for the night. Do not respond to any bids for attention, including when he yowls during thunderstorms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the logistics of having to have a grotto for your Bigfoot. Like, this isn't like an aquarium. This is a room, at least, or some like big your area entire outside. backyard, yeah. <laughs> Do start taking Bigfoot with you on your morning runs. Cars give you a wider berth when you're with Bigfoot, and he knows all the best trails. <laughs> oh, I wish it was so easy to just, like, get a Bigfoot. But like then, Harry. But then we'd, lo we'd lose the mystery of Bigfoot. That's true. All right, I'm going to end on this one. Don't be too smug when your coworker Ted brags about his family's new Mothman, even though Bigfoot <laughs> is clearly stronger and smarter and knows more tricks than Mothman, and Mothman's pelt looks patchy. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. All right. Thank you, New Yorker. Let's, let's it's like a, a cats are better than dogs. And Amanda, yeah. Amanda Lair, thank you. Thanks for the chuckle. <laughs> a chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't like Bigfoot, but That's I'm just I saying that Bigfoot. I prefer Mothman, and you can like both. <laughs> you can like both. You can just be a general cryptid yeah. fan. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, lots of people love Jesus. No, I just think it's funny the way that dog people are like, 
Like cat people, most cat people that I know like dogs. Yes. Like they yeah. enjoy being around dogs. They like dogs. They just prefer cats. A lot of cat people that I know also own dogs. Yes. Every dog person that I've ever met is like, a cat killed my firstborn and I hate all cats. Like, yeah. they're just, like there's, so, there's so many dog lovers that think that in order to emphasize how much they love dogs, they have to also hate cats. Right. And I just like, don't understand it. A cat peed on me while I was still in the womb. I'll yeah. never love <laughs> a cat i just don't get it i just feel like yeah you're totally right that there most cat owners are also like yeah dogs are cool and i also love cats and like dog owners are like oh no fuck cats yeah. <laughs> yeah. like cat owners are like i don't want to own a dog dogs are cool but i don't want to own a dog i'm going to own a cat and dog lovers are like i will never ever look at a cat you have a cat we can't be friends yeah All and right. i think bigfoot's rule and mothman's drool Bigfoot all rules, right, Mothman rules. I love all, all right. cryptids. Little shemmies. Goodbye, shemmies. Keep it mellow. We love Except you. Except for those Kentucky goblins. No, yeah. Not a oh, fan yeah, of them. Right. All they do is play basketball, Long live right? Long Hopskinville goblins. Oh, yeah, that was the one that had my name in it. <laughs> Kelly's Hopskinville yeah. goblins. Yep. <laughs> I, those are the best cryptids. Long live the mine. The ones that Kelly can control are Hannah, the best cryptids. Uh, I would argue that Hannah is the best cryptid because they identify as a squonk. That's right. We so, have our own resident cryptid. Our own resident squonk. And who doesn't identify as a squonk? Me. Just like cry yourself into a puddle of your own tears. <laughs> I identify as a squonk. I don't. Like, yeah. I've, I've, always, Same. I've always hated crying, so... Yep. All right, we ready to get out of here? <laughs> we are. Let's yeah. go. We parked Goodbye. the car. Bye, Shimmy. We're getting out of the vehicle and we're going into the bar, maybe. I rest don't know where up. We... Rest up. That's where I we gotta are. Be. I just assumed it was a bar. <laughs> Wait, we but rest it. up doesn't mean we're there. Rest, rest up means there's still a long way to go. We might still have more to learn later. Well, we had this rest well, up for a long time. <laughs> do they have a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to live at the rest stop. <laughs> like, I'm thinking now. more